Call Recall. For the memory of your ideal vacation. You were interested in a memory of, uh... Mars. You're gonna love this, Doug. Yeah, but how real does it seem? As real as any memory in your head. You are on your most important mission. You erased your identity and implanted a new one. Quato wants what's in Quaid's head. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? You wouldn't hurt me. We're married. Consider that a divorce. I want Quaid delivered for re-implantation. Get! Get ready for a surprise! We hope you enjoyed the ride! Well, today we're doing another classic 80s film, Check. Racially stereotypical cab driver, Check. Femme fatale, Check. Every man, but not really because he's got too many muscles, Check. Guys, I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of other things. We've, we've, I'm trying to think what other things we've got. We've got in the Check. What about the name of the film? <laughs> the name of the film? I can't, I can't recall it. I can't recall it. Oh. Stu, what is the name of the film? We are doing the 1990 Paul Verhoeven Total Recall. Oh, that was absolutely the better one. The, the, the better one of the two, let's be honest. Or is it? I don't know. I don't, don't know. know yet. We don't know. We're going to review that one next week. So yeah. Oh, cry. Oh, my gosh. So we're gonna... Well, I've given away what I think about it, but no, moving on. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, welcome, everyone, to the Film Real cast. As you can tell, James is back with his amazing intros. It's a pleasure to have him back. How are you, James? Really good, thank you. I'm looking forward to this. This was one of my favourite sci-fi films when I was probably about 11 or 12. I watched it a late night on TV, you know, as you do when you're yeah. a kid. Mm. Back in the 90s. <laughs> uh, it's Neil's idea to do this film because we haven't touched on sci-fi that much. And uh, we thought, why don't we just smash out kind of five, six weeks of sci-fi film? So I thought, and let's do a, a good comparison um, to see if it was worth doing a new one and what's good, what's bad. And funnily enough, when we were speaking about this last week, when we were doing the Die Hard 5 podcast, which is out and available, that... We both only watched about possibly 40 minutes of the second Colin Farrell film because it was utterly dreadful. And it was really funny when we both spoke about it. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, this is going to be tough. Doesn't bode well, does it? But we're, we're, we're persevere. And hopefully when we come to record next week, we would have actually watched it. Yeah. Um, if not, we'll just have to talk about why we couldn't. <laughs> we cross that bridge when we come to it. It could be another famous Street Fighter scenario. <laughs> that, all over again. that killed you nearly, didn't it? That killed you. <laughs> it killed that me. Killed. The Having said that, I, I, I will still say that's one of Rod Rillia's best performances. Oh, I think God. he camped it up so much. I really enjoy it. I can't I still, see the problem. It's, I, it's such a well-written, well-directed, and well-acted film. Fuck. It's dog shit. It's so bad. It kills me. It really does. It's just, you may as well say, why don't we just do fucking Harry Potter? You know what I mean? That's what we're oh, doing. Oh, careful. Yeah. That's bad. We're doing all the eight oh, Harry it's... Potter films after this, and then the, um, <laughs> the subsequent ones that have been released after, aren't we? All the other wank I, ones that to, were a shit idea. To be fair, I do think the subsequent ones are really bad compared to the original Harry Potters. I've never seen uh, them. For me. Oh, don't. They upset me. There's a shit, but oh no, I know it's not good at all, is it? No, oh god, I know, but but I, I, uh, I mean, I mean, total recall. I guess when I when I was watching it again, it, it's basically an amalgamation of it of 
I don't know, like James Bond meets the Spaceballs plot with a bit of the Matrix in. Go on, how, how, I see it. Describe, how do you describe oh, that? He's, he's a secret agent, yeah. yeah. Is it real or is it a dream? And yeah. they want people's air. Uh, they, they, you know, the whole air, air, which is the Spaceballs plot in the end, isn't it? I don't remember the Spaceballs better than I do, mate. Honestly, that's another film I didn't really like either. So what? What you did like Spaceballs? No, it was just way what? too off the scale, wacky, turning shit for me. Honestly, I I love Mel Brooks. It was Mel Brooks, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah. his stuff most of the time, but that was too stupid, you know. No, I'm about no, fun no, as no. well. Surely not. Surely not. When you <laughs> yeah. literally. I mean, when you know, when you literally jam, using jam a radar, and you've got yogurt rather than yogurt, a yoda in there. I mean, that's a winner for me every day. What <laughs> I can do is go back to Street Fighter. That's all you've <laughs> left me with. <laughs> to be fair, Stu, um, little little known fact. Yeah, that is this. That is not the worst Street Fighter film. God. Is there another one? They got the Legend of Chun Li, starring the girl from. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Smallville. Just, uh, I don't know, Kristen. Or, I don't know what her name is, but she yeah. played like the love interest for Clara, not Lois Lane, the other one, Laura Lang. And yeah. it's just really bad. It is worse. Even I couldn't watch that. And I, I know I like Street Fighter. So. Wow, pushing the envelope on shit, isn't it? It really, really is. <laughs> that really That's gets. incredible. But Get the plunger out for that one. It's interesting because. Arnold Schwarzenegger seems to have hit the podcast loads. When you think we've done all the whole Terminator retrospective, um, Raw Deal, Red Heat, and he's back again with um, this film, Total Recall. And Paul Verhoeven, back in uh, the late 80s, I mean, he he smashed out, I think, I, I could be alone here, some really good films. I mean, Robocop 1987, obviously we've done that. 1990 Total Recall. Basic Instinct broke all boundaries and just went where other films wouldn't go in 92. The 95 Showgirls, again, he was pushing the envelope on trash. Yeah. Um, but that's still worth a watch because an amazing choreography with the dancing in that, um, even though they're naked. And Starship Troopers in 1997, which was fantastic. I love Starship Troopers. A brilliant, brilliant the first one. What a film. Amazing. And what a political film as well. Um, you, you know what it says about yeah a lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of things um he did uh also it did, he, i think i think he did hollow man as well he did yes he bad. did indeed yeah, yeah. He so did i mean it, cracking films didn't he, he did he his, yeah it, he was brilliant he was a great but isn't he underrated then wouldn't wouldn't you say he's completely underrated i mean when you look at the 90s the films he's done he's kind of like he was up there at some point with with the james cameron's of the world when you look at some of the films he's done yeah up until that point I think so. I think Robocop was groundbreaking. The first Robocop, I mean, there is massive hints of Robocop in this. Oh, but yes. it was just so good. I mean, and that scored amazingly well with everyone on the pod. And even Starship Troopers as well. I think going in 97, I mean, that's a film I'd love to review because that was just, it's like that computer game. It came from the desert with these massive, like, beetles and spiders and stuff. It's just so good and original. It, yeah, I think that you're is, right, James. I think it was really pushing the envelope, wasn't he? That is a callback yeah. there. They came from the desert computer game. You are showing, oh, yeah. you are showing your age. Came from the desert. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Quality. It was Would you like game. to know more? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a, but, yeah. such a good game. But I mean, 
With Sharon Stone in this, I mean, even the cast, I mean, you've got Ronnie Cox, absolutely fantastic, yeah. Robocop as well, Michael Ironside, going Starship Troopers. So it's really, really good. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. I mean, his acting in this is terrible, but isn't it amazing that his acting is, is normally bad, but he can just carry it off somehow. What is it that makes him be able to carry off? Some of the lines in this are delivered terribly, but why is it we don't mind it? It's because it's Arnie. You're, you're doing it for yeah. the action, aren't you? I mean, I'm not being funny. I don't. I can't name a film where his acting is good. It's, it's, it's for his pure screen presence, and no one else can do what he does in relation to the action. Who's a better actor, Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Who would you say? No, Stallone. Stallone, all day. Stallone. What about Van Damme and Schwarzenegger? Uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. That's tricky, isn't it? It's, it's really tricky. It's tricky, but they can they can both only do what they can do because um, Van Damme is a ridiculously brilliant martial artist, but he can't throw people through walls and shit like Arnie can. So it's it's difficult. Isn't I it? know their active prowess of actually delivering lines. Potentially, you, you, yeah. Van Damme. Potentially, maybe. But then, but then you look at the characters that Van Damme does. I, you could even I'd, I'd make an argument though that Arnie has been slightly more or been or much more diverse characters where mm. Van Damme does seem to play definitely he's obviously very good at what he does yeah but very similar very similar characters where Arnie is at least trying I mean even in this yes he is Arnie but he is trying to play an everyman isn't he especially when you look at the beginning his job and everything and what he does so yeah. is it do you think that's why because when you look at all of these like like the expendables that when you look Sylvester Stallone's gone off and he's directed his own stuff and he's kind of, by doing so, has forged his kind of reputation as a director and be able to go in the direction he wants. Where And Schwarzenegger as well has just played the one type of character, but he's got that longevity. Even when he went for governor, he still managed to get back into films, whereas Van Damme hasn't. And it's interesting because I, I don't remember, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of any real slander about Van Damme but, but, but I don't know why his career is it because he's a one-trick pony that his career just extended till he was too old to be able to do his karate. That and drugs, I think. I mean, on Street Fighter, he was he was completely coked up. He had an affair, I think, with Kylie Minogue on there as well. And it was around then when his. Funny enough, it was around then after the release of that when you when you look at the time that that thing started to go wrong. I mean, he peaked at Time Cop, didn't he, in terms of money making. Yeah. I think, mm. yeah, and Universal Soldier. And after that, you can't really name any really massive mega hits that he was in. And he kind of went down, and I think drugs, unfortunately, and his addiction. I could be wrong, but um, plays it himself. Uh, in his in the movie, I think he's got a movie that's called Jean-Claude Van Damme, which he kind of plays himself. It's almost like a sort of a documentary where he's quite honest about it, and, and he blames drugs on a lot of it, and he even like tears up when he's talking about all the mistakes he's made in it. Oh, okay, that's quite cool. I like people doing that. Yeah, it's nice that they can be honest, isn't it? Rather yeah. than just oh, yeah. saying I didn't want to do it anymore or some other cock and ball mm. story. But yeah, especially take the piss out yourself. End of the day, people yeah. appreciate being more human, didn't they? Definitely. Yes. I, yeah, I completely agree. And, and let's be fair, you know, Arnie has tried different things. He's done comedy and like dad film, you know, like as in. Yeah, can you go the and stuff like yeah. that you know he's tried different things like Stu said but ultimately the draw is always going to be there he's he was always going to be involved in things such as those terrible films with all the washed up actors 
turn up. Um, you just mentioned it a second ago. Um, yeah. Expendables, because they all end up there. But there's uh, there's something about him. There's always Ooh. a call for Arnie, isn't there? Yeah, I and mean, he's never really that eighties action hero. Never really been properly re- replaced as such, have they? I mean, you, you can make maybe a call to someone, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but they've mm. never really been replaced or, or, or taken over to that mega stardom that, oh, that, that that Arnie was. Their name just sells. And I can't think of, when you think of action films, I can't think of, when you look at trailers nowadays, uh, unless it's a superhero film, seemingly, it, the, a name just doesn't sell a film like Arnie's did in that, in that action genre anymore, does it? For me, anyway. I think you're right. It's probably... Dwayne, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. He's the only one that can pull it off because he's of a, a similar stature and he's got that charismatic he's you know he's he's yeah. a one he's a one off in he's the rock. Let's be I guess, fair. He, no, I guess he is. he's the closest, isn't he, I think. Yeah, I can yeah. That's yeah. And these plus the fact that these did it on films alone where yes. and, they did, yeah. whereas now you got the rock. I mean I follow him on Instagram and stuff like that, and they couldn't yeah kind of project themselves on Instagram and other platforms as well. Whereas when you think how big Arnold Schwarzenegger was, and he managed to, to kind of maintain that and Stallone as well, mm. well, just by being in films, it's really, really impressive. But it's, yeah. And he's managed to kind of carry that on without any slander. But even when he was, I think there was a bit when he was mayor or governor about yeah. kind of sexual allegations against him and stuff like that. But, um, which we're not, obviously not going to go into, but he's kind of still managed to maintain a fairly good reputation. But in this, I've seen this quite a few times, and I kind of flick between what side of the fence I'm on, because you've got Schwarzenegger plays Quaid or Hauser, and he's referenced both throughout these films. And as you said, James, that, uh, at the start of the pod, about a, a James Bond, and is it imagination or is he a secret agent? I mean, this is... I mean, everyone must have seen this film. If not, we're going to spoil this film completely. What side <laughs> of the fence are you guys on with regards to Dream or Is He a Secret Agent? Well, it's left open, isn't it, at the, at the end? So you don't, you never really know. But I guess uh, I prefer to believe that it was Secret Agent. Me too. Um, I Yeah. Uh, the film ends, though, interestingly, with a whiteout rather than a black fade-out. Mm. Um, which is which is weird. Is that, is that? It's true. And also, I, I mean, in it, when he when he turns up at recall, he gets everything he wants. He gets the girl, or but yes, he's dreaming about the girl. He gets, um, he he wins. He say he saves he saves the uh, the planet, which is on his. You know, it's basically what he orders. And also, um, just before he gets the implant, one of the scientists goes, "Oh, blue sky on Mars. That's a new one," which is interesting. However. I think the the yeah the only reason why I think it is a secret agent is because because we if it, if if it was just if it was a dream we'd see the whole film from Arnie's point of view but there's many many scenes where Arnold Schwarzenegger is not there and we see what the bad guys are doing which is why I don't think it's a dream. Yeah, I can see that, but I've never looked at it from that point of view before. To be fair, I've always okay. just said that it's a secret agent thing, but those yeah. are all points like blue sky and blah 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 and the white screen at the end that's that's made me rethink it but i still hope that it would be yeah me too it's a real secret agent if you like what about Stu? um for years i always thought it was a dream just because i think we'd understand the story a lot of it because <laughs> just thought oh, fucking i know it, it i know basically it comes down to is it a dream or is it not a dream but <laughs> 
I never, I don't, I think I just switched off a lot of the time when it came to like Ronnie Cox talking about, well, like halfway, or no, about the last third of the film, he gives the whole explanation, doesn't he? Yes. About what happened, that you were Hauser, then we put the memory plant in because we wanted you to get close to mm. um, Quater so we could take him out. And like all of this, what you believe isn't true. And then we can wipe your mind and put you back to Hauser again. For some reason, every time I got to that part in the film, my brain must have been tired and I just switched off because it was just loads of talking. Mm. So I never, ever really listened to that part. Do so you know what, it, it was clever, on you. It? It's clever. It's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I was really impressed with, wow, this is a, a really good story and it's a really clever, smart story. Yeah. Well, it's based on the short story, isn't it? And um, we make it wholesale or something like that. Yeah, we uh, we can remember it for you wholesale. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is mad because that's a 1966 book. Which, uh, when you think in 1990, they made it into this film. Yeah. yeah. Which is just insane. But yeah, you're right, Neil. It's a really smart, clever story that they get across really, really well. And when I'm kind of now I'm grown up a bit, and I actually watch it as an adult. But I actually understand it. And all these films we're doing, The Matrix, fuck me, I understood The Matrix. Wow, now I understand Total Recall. I'm so mature. <laughs> you are. You're maturing every day, Stu. But still look as young as they come. Uh, they come very often. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. I think uh, Sharon Stone's role in this as being his wife and in, in a kind of um michael ironside's wife as well but undercover as part of the agency to keep the facade of quaid going and i i think she plays that role really really well and but you do get kind of the first interactions of when they're together you always get that little and if anyone's listening in south africa there's a series called seven delan where it's quite good fun to watch it's like the equivalent of eastenders and if there's like a baddie and he's oh, double like there's like a plot and he's going behind someone's back. The acting so bad is like they'll smile to their partner and they'll cuddle them. But as their head's over their shoulder, they'll do like a sinister <laughs> look. Yeah. But no one does that in real life. And in this program, when I was in South Africa, I used to watch it every week. And, they, they, and it was like a I just refer to it as a seven alarm moment. And Sharon Stone kisses like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then as she cuddles him. She does like a, an evil face. And no one does that. You know what I mean? Who's she doing that to? It's just yeah. bollocks. But it's I funny. think she's so good, Sharon Stone, in this. Oh, she's abs- oh, she's so good looking. I know it's not everything, yeah. but my God, she's stunning in this film. It, well, yeah. Um, well, Neil, when I mentioned this, I was doing that at work. A debate started uh, over what film does she look nicest in? And the general consensus was this, even over basic instinct. Yeah, I mean, basic instinct. She's obviously a very different character, mm. she? and you get to see a lot more of her. But in this, she's just yeah, just her too, face. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to see any. I mean, she doesn't get naked in this or anything. She's in tight clothing, but it's just her face. She's just so pretty. You it's, do see right boob though in it, don't you? Yes, you do a little bit, but it's it's not you know right out there for all to see. No, you have to have your radar finely tuned and be an expert to to find it. Yeah, it's a proper pause moment, isn't it? You know, but that's the problem with the VHS. <laughs> the VHS we had, right? Yeah, the problem with pausing it, it there, there was a normally like a third of a second delay. And a line. 
and, and then you had to get it right because some pauses had a line some <laughs> pauses really pause it would shake it so much so you had to be either lucky and accurate at the same time you know it's like winning the lottery to and get then like the tape a bank would stretch wouldn't it the tape would stretch, yeah, 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 and then and you could tell the pause moments because when you when you're watching it and then for the eighth time you don't pause it, it starts all going funny in that bit where you used to pause it. So when yeah. you start watching it with your parents, they know, they know exactly. That's like if you borrowed a film off your mate, then suddenly <laughs> yeah. it was a boob bit and it all yeah. started going bad. You thought, I, just, I feel dirty now. Yeah, yeah, I know what's going on there. I hope you left his hands. Yeah. Steve oh, cracks a load out to this. <laughs> Barbed wire springs to mind. Oh, oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah, that whole just that whole film. Oh yeah. my god, she's lovely in that. I, she, Pamela Anderson, as I was growing up, was yes. my crush. She was it. I, oh god, yeah. yeah, I've got barbed wire on DVD. The uh, uncut version is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. But I digress. Um, so Schwarzenegger, as we said earlier, is in a relationship with Sharon Stone. We find out it's fake. And watching it now, knowing kind of four reviews, and as we've spoken about before, it's he's kind of like in construction. And when he's talking to his mate on the construction site, uh, I think it's Harry. And uh, Harry, there's a jingle to um, the, the Total Recall or the, the mind place where he goes. And yeah. Harry sings the worst version of the jingle, doesn't he, to it? <laughs> recall, <Yeah>. recall. <laughs> think uh, there's something more sinister about you and well he does the he, same look though Stu he does that's it and it's this, weird because no one would do it no, it's like <laughs> I want to go to this recall place oh don't go there you get lobotomized and all this he goes oh okay he starts his drill up and he's just looking at it really sinister like you're not right are you but again I completely agree years ago when obviously I've watched this probably the same as James when I was in my sort of early teens yeah and I've watched it many times. You never pick up on it. It's funny that we've picked up on it now, isn't it? These yeah. stupid little looks. You can imagine the director saying, you need to look at him in a sinister way because you're tricking him. But can't <laughs> I just trick him? No, you need to look at him as well. You okay. tell the audience that you're a bad guy. <laughs> or are you? <laughs> so know, they, yeah, they... Yeah, yeah, do it. We need to get a close-up of your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it was good. It was good. Yeah. This time, can you lick your lips and rub your hands? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, what yeah. are you doing now? <laughs> oh, mate, mate, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the shots they didn't use. It could be hilarious, couldn't it? Oh, it would be amazing. Yeah. It really would. But when they go to recall, I do like Tiffany, who's a receptionist. She's, I think, she's a very, very lovely lady, and I love the the fingernails and stuff like that. And that's Paul, who can't be on the podcast, pointed out she's using all the technology for her fingernails and everything, but she's got an old-fashioned typewriter in front of her. I've just watched it, and I haven't seen that, but that is from 80s Paul, who can't be on the podcast. I think he's been arrested. I'm not too sure. Wasn't it that wasn't the line, he likes to paint his fingernails, so he was he was surprised that he liked that technology, but he also liked the fact that there was a fact yeah. between them, so it made him feel at home. I think that's, that's it. Yeah, said. that yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. you, you can admire his fingernails while typing on his 80s typewriter. Maybe that's why. That, that's so true. That's yeah. so true. Would you guys do this? When he goes to recall and he meets the typical salesman. Well, first of all, Doug, let me tell you, when you go recall, you get nothing but first-class memories. Private cabin on the shuttle, the Lux suite at the Hilton, plus all the major sites, Mount Pyramid, the Grand Canals, and, of course, Venusville. Yeah. But would you, if this technology was around, and I think one of you guys put it out on our uh, 
on our WhatsApp group about Elon Musk what trying to do something. It's coming up with an idea about this. I mean, would you do it? Yeah. Par- well, yeah. Apparently, I, it's weird, isn't it, how these things happen? I was obviously looking through Twitter, and it comes up from another popular sort of YouTubing thing that Elon Musk is going to be allowed to do human trials for brain implants. So this was on Pornhub, you mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, Pornhub, not Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't know why it popped up, to be honest. Maybe I'm getting confused. I'm getting... Um, so, yeah, but it, so it's quite strange how it came up. But, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it, that we're kind of already at that stage. They've They wrote about this in sort of the 60s, made a film about it in the 90s, and now we're in the 2020s. They're potentially looking at putting sort of implants in people's brains so they can have these things going on it's it's weird how sometimes things actually do sort of come to pass yeah it's weird i would never do that i wouldn't let no. anyone fuck around with my brain i mean what if it like, you in the dream what, you could yeah. fuck Pamela anderson and uh that other actor from matrix that you love so much what, uh monica belushi yeah but I mean, <laughs> He's struggling. He's no, struggling. I was going to say, I don't need any mind technology. All I need is a box of tissues, and I can do it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You've definitely got. You don't need any mind. I don't need. No, but what? But what if? What if it was? It was like you like you remember it as if it actually happened. Exactly. You know the smell, how it how 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 it felt, and then and then you could you know you could you could even have screenshots or a video of it as well. That's kind of creepy. I guess, but um, yeah, and if it was hundred percent safe, <laughs> well, we, 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 you, well, yeah, no, I'm thinking of you and Neil, you know, what, uh, together? Three of us. Oh, yeah, that's what my one. But yeah, Mate, we can make that reality. We don't need technology for that, mate. Just a car. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> so, your yeah, fantasy would be me, you, and Neil. That's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I feel flattered. Turned on. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll go to Mars. We'll save the day. Um, our <laughs> eyes will nearly pop out, but then fix themselves when we breathe the air, and uh, we'll, we'll be right with the world. We'll 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 kiss each other. Next time. <laughs> the bar in your <laughs> life isn't really very high, is it? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Jesus. I, one thing with this film, I, I always laughed at, is Arnold Schwarzenegger screaming. It's so funny. He's. I wonder if he, like Sean Connery from Highland, had lessons. Oh, oh, he screams. It's so terrible. His acting is shockingly bad in this, especially when his eyes are coming out, which that scene is stretched out ridiculously long. But oh yeah, yes. It, yes. It, the noises he makes are brilliant, honestly. Uh, but it's his stereotype, oh, oh, isn't it? And interestingly, he does that. When you watch the beginning of the film, I played it three times because it made me chuckle. When he falls in, when he falls in his dream at the beginning, and his face smashes the the rock, you hear him go oh as it does it, his classic Arnie noise, and yeah, he does it so much in this film. This has got to be the most Arnie stereotype Arnie noises. I can't think of any other film that has it in more. Right. I think you might be right. It's the, right. Uh, the Arnie grunt. Yeah, it is fucking superb. But he he has his fit, doesn't he? Is it what, a brain? Was it what do they call it? A brain embolism, something like that, don't they? Aneurysm, aneurysm, yeah. Yeah, and they kick him out in a Johnny cab, and and then he goes and meets 
Harry, and this film, if anything, it is really, really violent. It's just like Robocop. They must have gone through so many of those bags of blood when they were going through these scenes because he gets kicked out of this um, uh, this Harry cab or whatever it's called. And he then bumps into his mate, Harry, who turns out to kidnap him with uh, four other guys and because he's gone to recall. And that's when things start to go pretty wrong. But when he takes out Harry and his four other mates, it's a really violent scene, isn't it? It's so good. Oh, massively violent. But it's Paul Verhoeven, isn't it? That's what he's known for. His violence in his films is ridiculous. Yeah. But it, yeah. Harry, he's got to be the worst henchman ever, hasn't he? Whoever yeah. decided to hire him and these goons, someone that doesn't know who they're a secret agent, all of a sudden just kills all four. All of them. <laughs> no problem at all. Oh, it's a poor way of giving the game away. And even when he goes back to his flat and there's Sharon Stone there. And I do love some of the technology in this. When she's yeah. got that tennis player in front and she's showing a kind of like the backhand move. It's it's so clever. It's just such a great idea. But um Schwarzenegger comes back and says, Look, I'm I've been like someone tried to attack me and everything. She says, Oh, it's all in your mind. And then they're in a tiny, tiny apartment and she's got a gun. And the sports digger must be like six foot four or five. And she can't shoot him from about five foot away in a, like a one bedroom apartment. And it's fucking terrible. She's an awful spy as well. Yeah, she's she's not a good shot, is she? She's clearly no. where she is for some other reason. Not her <laughs> shooting prowess. No, not at all. And I love it another she... gun, potentially. <laughs> and when she goes, to, she goes, I'm going to call the doctor. And she goes on that little monitor. And the way Michael Ironside's face just rolls around yeah. and is conveniently <laughs> there, available. It's so funny, his face. I think he's having a shit. Yeah, so you've disturbed me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> curling one out. <laughs> I didn't mean to answer this call, but I'm here now. I'm not going to look grumpy about it. Yeah, I meant to mute it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's great. It's so much fun. And it, it's strange because he doesn't kill her. And first viewing of this a long time, I just expected, because I heard about how violent it was. And I mean, we never spoke about that the budget. I, I remember one of the main things about this. It's strange looking back because the budget going back to 1990 was $65 million which was huge back then. And people were raising eyebrows about just how big the budget was. But I mean, this film, um, a lot more now, but coined in 261 million. So it's a massive, massive success, this film. And despite the level of violence in it. It's just got a massive cult following though, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's just huge. I don't... Obviously, I'm not great with old, old films like the old sci-fi films, but I can't. Um, there was nothing like this before this. It was, you know, I know obviously no. there's Robocop in the ration to violence, but I'd never seen anything like this before or heard anything like it. And yeah, I mean, even yeah, I think you're right. Even like the well building, as you said, like some of the some of the sets and obviously the map paintings they use and the fact the train going into you know on on, on mars it looked amazing and then they had the cgi mm. early cgi which looked so good for the x-rays i mean that was oh, you didn't mate, see that yeah. in films did you yeah you're right yeah 1990 x-ray you know sort of a lot of the stuff in this you know the rubberized stuff ages a lot now but at the time it was absolutely i mean it's still good to watch isn't it but mm. 
you know, back then it's absolutely groundbreaking. Some of the stuff they were doing. It did win awards this film, didn't it, for its special yeah. effects? I'm not surprised because you know, obviously it comes into it later. But the lady with the head that sort of comes apart and all sorts of stuff that goes on in this film, you know, it's to da- it's still to this day, don't they? People still go, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, so, it is very clever. When when Schwarzenegger escapes, that's when. Uh, Ironside and all the goons come in and how Helm who's got that little gadget who meant to track Schwarzenegger how he actually manages to find him on one of the most complicated GPS trackers which, which is fucking huge as well isn't it <laughs> oh it's yeah it's massive it looks like it weighs about future. three stone yeah they're <laughs> something smaller they can carry around being in the future and in this film I don't know what year it's meant to be set in but it always makes me laugh that they reference things like um like cornflakes is one of the lines towards the end where yes. Ronnie Cox says, yeah, I'll be home having, in the, having cornflakes for breakfast. Would yeah. they have cornflakes in whatever this is, 30, 50 or something like that? You know, it's it's oh, strange. Yeah, but I suppose it's just to keep it, isn't it? Keep it relevant. Because yeah. if you turn around and says, you know, oh, I'm going to be at home in time for my spaceships. They'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the yeah, fuck you are you talking it. about? You would do. <laughs> and when you refer to the the X-ray machine, it, it does make me laugh when Schwarzenegger's on the run, and and I love the fact you got the weapons there, but how slow the guards were to react. It's as if no one has ever gone through there with oh, a weapon, and none of them actually knew what to do and what the protocol was should someone actually set an alarm off. But the special effects when he you see the animated kind of skeleton look at mm. the glass to jump mm. through it followed by Schwarzenegger jumping through it. You're right what you're saying, Neil. It's so, so clever. It's And it doesn't kind of pause, as in go from special effects to normal effects. It, it's really fluid, isn't it? I think you'd be proud to have that in a film these days, wouldn't you? If you yeah. had that, you know, it's it's timeless. You know, James sort of mentioned, brought this up, but, you know, it is. It's, it's, unreal, it's unreal that it was bloody made in 1990. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, look, that's over 30 years ago. That's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, but it still stands up, doesn't it? Yeah, yep. definitely. And it's it's quite poor that, again, technology is so good. When Schwarzenegger does escape, and we find out later on that this may have been, may not have been set up, that he goes to this house, how he knows to go to this house, whether it's in his subconscious, I, I honestly don't know. And he's told by a guy who calls him to come and get a suitcase. But to stop the tracker, which has been placed in his brain, he's got to cover his, ha- his head in a wet towel. And he does, like, the perfect turban. Any normal person <laughs> would just wrap a towel around their head. But what he does, people in like, Asia would be amazingly proud. It's like a work of art. It's so it is, funny. It is funny because it turns around because you, you look beautiful. Or something like that, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Fucking stop fanning about your towel. You've wasted 10 minutes now fucking about yeah. with that towel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time's against you. <laughs> he does the perfect towel wrap around his head. And he can even run without it coming loose. That's and I do like it, the callback. And I took it as a callback to Terminator when he, that lady picks up the suitcase and they wrestle with it and she turns around and says, fuck you, asshole, as he runs off. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Whether it is or not, I honestly don't know. But And why do they, Johnny Cabs, have joysticks in? When he conveniently rips the cab, uh, the, the plastic cab driver, which again is a really, really good idea, there's a joystick there. 
and he drives it with a joystick. I figure that's like an override. You don't really need it unless there, it, it, there's something wrong with the computer and you can sort of drive it yourself. It is a bit weird. They probably thought a joystick seems futuristic. People are going to, in the future, are going to ride with joysticks. Very I can well only imagine. Explained. Very imagine well explained. And it blows up as well. When he doesn't pay, do they all, if you don't pay a Johnny Cab, <laughs> yeah. do they just blow up? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, because he's still attacked. He goes mental. He gets, he gets very upset about him not paying the bill, doesn't he? And then tries to kill him. Yeah. 80, 18 credits. 18, yeah. He just opens his mouth and fire comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. And tries to run him over. Didn't pay your fare, I'll fucking run you over then. Come on in. <laughs> then I'll blow up. <laughs> we should try that. We should, we should try that um, when they have computerized camp. See what happens. Well, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, I, I probably still have the cab waiting outside my house when I come out. <laughs> when, yeah. when Quaid um, goes to like, this abandoned warehouse when he opens that suitcase, did you guys get a feel of Robocop when Robocop goes yes. to that abandoned warehouse? Yeah, or was the that just construction site, isn't it? Yeah, it was very yeah. Robo- Robocop, wasn't it? Massive. Yeah. It was, yeah, which was a really, really good thing. And I thought it was really clever that uh, when I first watched this, I say first watched it, probably the first 10 times, being a thicko, as people know on the pod by now, that (laughs) I thought it was clever that they opened the case and it is Arnold Schwarzenegger there, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Hauser Mm. telling him that this is what you need to do and don't worry about it and go and see this person and this is what's going to happen and told him about the implant in his brain. And it's a really smart like idea, isn't it? It yeah. works so well still now watching it. It's brilliant. Well, who's who's the one person you're gonna believe? It's gonna be yourself, isn't it? So yeah. it's it's genius. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. yeah, especially when you obviously get to the end where it's a double double cross. And, yeah. Mm. You know, because yeah, I I I've got to be honest, when I first probably watched this years ago. I didn't cotton onto it either. I was just enjoying the action. I didn't really give a shit about the story other than the fact that is he going to save the planet or whatever. Yeah. But when you actually watch it and listen to it properly, <clears throat> it's brilliant. It is. And it seems bad things. that we're surprised. And, it, and it's because if this was a James Cameron film, as you said earlier, that we probably wouldn't be surprised but because it's Paul Verhoeven. But it's just when we sit down, or for me, when I sat down and watched this to review it, to actually understand it and look at different things on YouTube and what other like behind the scenes and that, that you realised that all this time this fantastic film was just sitting there and it's... not really understood or possibly not given enough credit, not by Fico like me for sure. I think it's that thing though because 80s action films were all about just the sheer amount of fighting and violence and things exploding wasn't it you weren't really expecting to have a story behind it yeah you know or not a very good convoluted one with lots of twists and you know plot twists and stuff like that you know you think of the other films that arnie's been in there's not really much like that you know commando it's pretty freaking straightforward isn't it and those types of films and anything with jean-claude van damme or whatever it's person has someone kidnapped or something done wrong to them and they go and beat the shit out of them and kill them yeah and i think when you sit down and watch this you're just expecting the same thing aren't you 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because that would have just been the easiest thing to do, wouldn't it? Mm. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's built like a bloody brick outhouse. So why don't you just make him go and smash loads of stuff up and yeah, leave it but, as that? But yeah, they, they do the right thing. They don't go down that route. And I think that's why all of these work really, really well the way they do. And it's really clever. The, the thing that was stupid was he takes the, the bit out of his nose, uh, out of his head, and there's rats there. And so he gives it to the rats like via a chocolate bar. Yeah. And when Michael Ironside <laughs> turns up with Helm and the other idiots... The rats are running around. So Helm's tracking him. And how many times when he goes, who's over there? So they shoot. But you <laughs> yeah. do that about four Mate. times. It, you'd get to a certain point where Ironside would go, Helm, you're a bell end. Say that, Stu. Had they not killed that character off, I'd like an end credit scene where he's still going, he's over there. He's over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, for me, that would have been brilliant. But yeah. How fast did that ran, rat run as well? Fuck it, hell. Yeah. Sign him up. I like the fact that none of them can hit Arnold Schwarzenegger, but when he when he leaves, Iron Sun gets the rat in one. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? Boom. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just imagine a big pile of bullet shells. Who's over there? Yes. Come on now. No, he's over there. Bless. And when he is when he goes to uh, Mars, uh, it's obviously he does it to get through customs. But I don't really understand. The technology is very, very clever. When he dresses up as that large woman and he's in like the uh, the immigration part, the checking in part of Mars, and you've got Ironside there as well. And he goes, how long are you there for? And I do think it's really creepy. He goes, two weeks. Yeah. And then they, he keeps saying the same line. And Ironside knows, well, um, that's Quaid. And the fact that the face splits open and the special effects... Oh, oh, man. really really good aren't they especially oh. the, it's you can forgive the strange shape of Arnold Schwarzenegger's head underneath when it's latex and everything but it's just a really original idea isn't it yeah it was it, it is it's just never done before and it can't be done again can it because you just you get done for plagiarism because of how <laughs> original this is yeah it's, it is it is but but I think that's uh, Neil and Stu, as as I think Stu mentioned, it's a bit weird. It almost feels like there's a deleted scene between for that yes. before that scene to explain it. That's what it felt like. It was really really good, but it's 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 the whole thing taken out of context. It's almost like what? And I think yeah. you, you just accept it, don't you? But it, it, yeah, it's almost like they left something out to explain that because it is yeah, a, there was no strange. purpose to no. to no. have it there because he had his fake IDs and stuff like that but uh, yeah exactly. I think you're right James but there possibly was it was a bit more padded out maybe um like Hauser told Quaid use this but as a, a disguise but because even when it does blow up it's the, the most pathetic type of bomb and explosion and again when they do shoot the glass the brick um kind of keeps them safe for the oxygen from Mars 
that must be considering the risk level yeah. that's got to be the thinnest <laughs> glass it's protective now it's like a fucking greenhouse glass isn't it it's so thin yeah it's funny every every piece of glass that gets smashed in this film it's almost like sugar glass isn't it where someone's just formed it from some I sugar know. It, well, you said, in, yeah. in, interestingly, there's an announcement at some point in the film, before or after this, um, we go, welcome to Mars, it says, uh, oxygen, don't smoke because of the oxygen thing, and it also says, please don't lean on the outside glass, or touch the outside glass, it's there for your safety. Oh, really? There's, there's, uh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah, there's actually, yeah, it, yeah it in does, the film, yeah. isn't there? You're yeah. right, yeah, absolutely right, but, that, that it, yeah, you, yeah, didn't have reinforced, you could make these no. animatronic heads that explode but you can't have reinforced glass <laughs> yeah. but, then, but then the ridiculous thing is the guy presses the safety button and then the shield comes down which should have been there in the first place to stop the glass breaking because <laughs> yeah. it didn't get you know but it's, there we go yeah it's brilliant though isn't it it's those types of ridiculous things that make yeah. these films so goddamn good Absolutely. <laughs> yeah i think it was only there to show the audience again how dangerous it is yes um you know and and it sets us up for how the film ends as well with people getting sucked out i guess yeah yeah sucked we'll what? we'll definitely do sucked out Suck, sucked not off sucked off sucked out all oh, right yeah. sorry, sorry. sorry. So, my hopes up again. if you're bored of listening to this podcast <laughs> hold on because there will be sucked off jokes coming <laughs> at the end of this pod <laughs> Benny, the taxi driver, when he goes to the last resort, the um, prostitute bar, did, did, do you have your kind of suspicions? Did you, when you first watched this, that he was a good no. guy, bad guy, or how did it go? Just thought he was a really strange sort of generic taxi driver that are in most of these films, you know, like we spoke about last week with Die Hard, you know, there's yeah. always that taxi driver that you hope will turn up again later and be yeah. important. And I do like it when they get to, like, the city, when you, you get... It reminded me of kind of like... I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like, I think it's Clive Barker's Nightbreed, where the makeup, the latex on all of these mutants, because the mutants, they've suffered through generations, because Ronnie Cox, um, who plays... What's his name? Um, Cohagen, is in charge of Mars, and he's taxing people for air, and he runs the whole thing, and there's mining, and it turns out that what he is... Wrong because I've only just learned the story of this. <laughs> this film is in 1990. That aliens um, or mutants did create these these kind of uh, I don't know, engines underneath the um, in Mars that can have the oxygen um, turned on, and he's stopping that and he's producing his own oxygen and he's he's earning money out of it. And he's taxing, and is that that's basically it, isn't it? Or is there more yeah. to it than that? Yeah, basically, the aliens that lived on the planet are now extinct, and they found remains of it and all that sort of stuff. And the reason there's mutants on the planet is because when they first settled there, there was poor air condition, and they became mutated by breathing in some of the air from the outside, or maybe a different allergen that's been put in there. Um, and he's scared to turn it on because he thinks he's going to blow up the whole planet but they all believe that he knows what he's actually going to do. And he's making a massive profit off the air that he's selling everyone. Oh, because I didn't know whether he was just, whether he actually believed that the planet would explode if he turned it on, or whether that was propaganda that he told people as to why he can then tax people for his own, uh, the oxygen he's uh, giving it. Well, the thing, I think it is that, but obviously at the end he's still screaming, isn't he? Even though he's being sucked off. 
um, he's still screaming about the fact that it's going to kill everyone on the planet. So it's whether he, did he truly believe it or was he just hoping that that would be the case? Yeah. So. I know it's uh yeah it's tricky because when he explains that I didn't know whether he just told people because well we'll get to the end of that when he had, when yeah. had that conversation. Yeah. Um, I do like when they go into um like the last resort bar. And it reminds me of like the Cantina Bar in Star Wars, where you've got all of these different characters. And you, can, no one can watch this film without mentioning, if you discuss it with any of your mates, the woman with three breasts. And there was an interview with um, uh, Paul Verhoeven, and he was saying that he really pushed for this. People thought it would be a really stupid idea. And it was his idea and he really wanted to put it in the film because it was something that no one had seen before they'd had people with different like three eyes four eyes one eye but there hadn't been anyone with three breasts and it is kind of iconic this woman when she opens her top and there's three boobs isn't it it's just unbelievable it certainly is um and it also reminds me of the fact that there was a lady wasn't there a few years ago that came out to say that she had three boobs in real life and it wasn't fake a jasmine triven trivel i think tridevel i think her name was okay yeah she was on tv and everything with her three boobs in a bikini and stuff saying that they're all real and stuff so even all those years later people are trying to make money out of that concept that was done on total recall in 1990 one turned out to be her elbow uh it turned out obviously that it had been put on there surgically she's a phony yeah basically but i'll never forget that because i was saying what the fuck this is i haven't even heard of that total recall yeah you're full of interesting facts melina in this what do you think of melina compared to sharon stone as in uh, her part in this what did you think think it would have been better if it had been swapped if sharon stone was melina or vice versa no i think sharon stone plays quite a good evil person doesn't she Mm. yeah yeah what about yourself james yeah no no i th- I, th- I think it works i think it works really well it uh, you know it almost makes her more attractive in a like kind of like messed up way the fact that she is, can kick ass and everything and yeah. she, you know she really puts it to her and i think later on she basically is about to kill melina isn't she really mm. yes yeah, she is yeah and i think it works really well she's not a damsel in distress she's a, a really really strong character and it, it yeah. turns and she out. Would have made, it's, oh, sorry. No, go on, mate. Go on. No, I was going to say. I think had they not got Michelle Pfeiffer for Batman Returns, I think she would have made an excellent Catwoman. Yeah, she is really, really strong, and I, I do like mm. that about her. She reminded me a lot of the the other female who was in the Running Man. Um, I don't. I, I take it that isn't her, but she was kind of a, a Latino woman as well, and she was like kicked ass and a really strong character. Mm. So I really got the same vibes, and you get from her that. When he meets um, Melina, he can't remember anything. and But she knows him as Hauser, who was an agent sent there. And then he found the resistance calls to be good. So Hauser switched sides and started to fight for the resistance, which is why it turns out, which is why Melina knows him to be Hauser rather than Quaid. And, but that's one of the twists in it, really, isn't it? Because... You kind of still wonder, is he Quaid or is he Hauser? Because at the moment, he's being who 
um, Cohagen wants him to be, isn't he? Because he's wiped um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's mind. So yeah, well, even yeah. now you don't know. Well, I didn't know. Kind of fucking donut, but. Well, that's the thing. He's you know he's wiped his mind to put him on Earth, hasn't he? To basically keep him out of the way, so Quato can't get hold of him and get hold of the information because he's a psychic. Um, but and because that's the thing, because Ironside wants to kill him, doesn't he? And he's like, you can't fucking kill him. He's my mate. But at this point, you don't know. You just believe that he's obviously had his mind wiped. And you're yeah. So. And that's the good thing, as you pointed out, mate, which yeah. I completely forgot when we were speaking about the story, that the mutants are psychic and it's all yeah. about the supposed information that's in Arnold Schwarzenegger's mind that they yeah. want, which is why, as you rightly said, Cohagen doesn't want him killed. And I think Ironside's biggest grief is that Schwarzenegger was boning his missus, Sharon Stone, for such <laughs> a long time, which even yeah. Helm uh, takes a piss line. out of him about, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm sure she hated every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the smuggest look on his face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's brilliant though, isn't it? Because you'd be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, you know that she probably loved every fucking minute of it as well, but yeah, I can't definitely. say anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it goes, and I do love this character, and he's really, really strange. Um, Roy Brooksmith, who plays uh, Dr. Edgemar. And when Schwarzenegger goes back to his apartment, there's a knock at the door and it's the doctor. And it's the same doctor who you see on the recall adverts. And he's there to tell Schwarzenegger that he's going through he'll he's going through this kind of um, like madness. And if he doesn't take this pill, which is like the Matrix, Matrix. took this from. Yes, that, definitely. Um, you'll spend a life of madness of reliving the same thing and you're in the end you'll relive this event to an extent that you'll just go mental and have a complete breakdown and he's so believable when he's giving Schwarzenegger these lines isn't he oh yeah yeah that's the thing you at this point you almost think don't you well maybe it is the fact that he is in recall yeah yeah I don't know what you thought James did you think that or did you see for it because you're very no, it's really believable. I'm not definitely not, but it's. I think I believed it at the time, and it wasn't until obviously um, we're directed toward the sweat on the doctor's head just before mm. he takes bullet. Interestingly, also, I'm sure. I mean, short to be Quaid, Quaid falls for it as well, doesn't he? Um, it, it, I mean, it is that you know that's a really well done scene because up until that point, it, I it, it, I think anyone watching it, and Michelle hasn't watched it yet. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's a, it's a shame we, um, she didn't watch it with me, because it'd be interesting to see. Now she's, you know, from an adult's point of view, we're watching it as kids, won't be the first time. Whether yeah. they, whether, she, whether, whether, on our first watching, now we would have believed that as well, or gone, oh, I don't know now, given us enough doubt, it would have been really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I think he would have believed it, but I think the biggest mistake in this scene is his end game is trying to get Schwarzenegger to take that red pill. And I think Schwarzenegger would have believed it in the end just due to science, because that doctor is so confident when he's talking about going through madness and insanity. And you, this is the kind of episode you're having. But as soon as he introduces Sharon Stone into it, who's already tried to kill him, I think that any doubt that was in Schwarzenegger's mind is kind of confirmed. It's cemented there. Maybe if uh, they would have that, yeah, Sharon Stone yeah. in, yeah. that he would have believed yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good point because it wasn't interesting. Why would you bring her in? I suppose it's a familiar face, but because he's 
up until this point believed that he's married to her for eight years and all this stuff. But yeah, you're right. At the beginning of his story, he's been trying to be killed by her. So it was a risky yeah. move that didn't work out. No, no, much to the detriment of the doctor, who, uh, as you, James rightly said. It's interesting that it's due to the sweat. That's only due to that sweat that he decides that you're bullshitting and he puts a bullet in his forehead. And you get a really good fight, don't you, when you get Ironside come out and Schwarzenegger gets his fucking ass kicked. And Sharon Stone loves going for the bollocks, doesn't she? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. Poor bloke. He gets kicked and punched in the nuts so much. Yeah, he does. He gets massive kicks in the bollocks and yeah in the end and i was really surprised i didn't think that because you get melina comes in and melina saves the day end of the um yeah end of the day when she comes in shooting uh, but schwarzenegger then puts a bullet in sharon stone's head and oh. it was i didn't expect that i really really didn't expect her to die when i kind of first watched this no no no, but I did like the uh, consider that a divorce. Oh, yeah, that's one of the best lines. <laughs> Honey, we're married. Bang, consider that a divorce. Yeah. <laughs> one of, I mean, that's one of the best couple of lines in the film, isn't it? Oh, yes. So, he doesn't get many of them, does he, in this, really? No. Um, no. He, he gets, what, what's the other one? He says with the drill, he go, uh, with the text you have later, he goes, screw it all, doesn't he? And yeah. He pops a drill into him, which, uh, which made me laugh, because that's like James Bond-esque. But yeah, he doesn't, does he? No. I think they're the wanna... only... One line yeah. I can think of. Because when I watched it tonight, um, uh, the, the scene on from this of when um, Ironside is in that lift and he gets his arms cut off, I expected that was a perfect one-liner moment when Arnold Schwarzenegger's holding both of Michael Ironside's hands in the air to say something, and he didn't like give you a hand or thanks for giving me a hand or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. High, high that would have been really good. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Commando's full of these, isn't it? Yes. The one-liners in Commando. Oh, oh my lord. Yeah. I mean that yeah. is that. That's what I mean, though. That you know, as much as I enjoy watching Commando, that's that's just pure violence and ridiculousness, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas this has all of that, but the story is so much more, isn't it, than that film? It oh, can't really compare God. the two, can you? Other no. than the violence. <laughs> No, that would just, just be insane. And it, it's interesting because Cohagen then turns off the oxygen um, for like, that part of Mars and he's going to kill everyone. And then you find that Benny is in fact a mutant. <laughs> and I thought when he re- initially revealed himself as a mutant and they spoke about um, like the aliens uh, with regards to like, being able to kind of put oxygen onto Mars... I expected Benny to then have a bigger part in this and that yeah. he's an yeah. alien because you, normally you see people with like facial defects. You don't actually see anyone who's mutated to such an extent as um, Benny is. And I think it's really clever the way he bent, his arm is bent up and it, he's actually got massive long arms with these really long fingers. I thought he was a proper alien and a bigger character. Yeah, I suppose you could say that. I, I always took it about the fact that he was just a, a sleazy guy that's been bought out by the company. But yeah, I can, I can see your point. It's my imagination. And even when you go to see, they end up meeting George, who's Quato, that I didn't expect when he stands up <laughs> and he opens his top. The fact that the, the all 
knowing that the, the mysterious Quato, who no one knows it is, and you even hear it on the news, and even Ronnie Cox is like, we don't even know who it is to hunt down. Yeah. Turns out to be a baby hanging off the stomach of George, which is, I mean, it dates it because of the special effects. The latex oh, yes. is terrible, but it's brilliant that it's practical special effects. And yeah. it's just so fucking weird, isn't it? I mean, that's got Verhoeven all over it. Oh, it's creepy as fuck, isn't it? That sort of yeah. adult baby uh-huh. in the chest of a man and his voice is creepy and horrible and he's got weird teeth and his eye yeah. there. Yeah, it's proper sort of... So Danny DeVito hanging off his stomach. Fucking... <laughs> 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 We love you really, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) But that's when, as you said earlier, guys, that they're kind of psychic and or they can read minds Mm. and they go into his mind and they can see. um, I mean, it's a great model. It's really brilliant uh, of the the structures that um, have been mined out by Cohagen and the structures built by the aliens underneath Mars um, or inside Mars um, that can provide oxygen. And it's really, really clever. And it expands the whole world of Mars like amazingly well, doesn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the, the, the story just massively opens up here, doesn't it? But like you say, the, mm. graphically and the way it's portrayed, very clever. Very, very clever. Yeah, and, and it all soon goes fucking tits up when all of Ironside and Gohagen's men come steaming in. And they go to escape, and that's when dun, 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 you realise that Benny is in fact a baddie, and he shoots George, and then Ironside comes in, and he puts a bullet in Cato's uh, head, and it's just a fucking disgusting. So they don't hold back on any of the blood, do they? Of showing this little Danny oh. DeVito character with his head popped open. Yes, yeah, uh, proper it's violence good. in it. It's good though. Yeah, yeah, I was legit sad when that happened. I was really sad when that oh. happened. I know. Oh, bless your little heart. Yeah, because then you see him dead again, don't you, later? A short while later. <laughs> yeah, that line is brilliant, though, isn't it? Because, yeah, no wonder he stayed covered. <laughs> 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 you bastards. Rub it in. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> and you do get the moment when he's talking uh, to Ronnie Cox, uh, uh, the actual explanation for thickos like me they tell you everything um of what the plot's about and why he got here and that it's all been set up the man in the case was set up and everything was there for the convenience to get him to this spot and even michael ironside looks surprised about this story i don't it looks like correct me if i'm wrong that he wasn't privy to all of it he wasn't even even in his speech he turns around if it wasn't for um Richer, Richter, uh, which is Michael Arnold running around fucking it all up, is what he yeah. says. It's like, it's like, <laughs> poor bloke thinks he's doing the right thing and he's he's completely in the fucking dark. He's probably standing again. Oh, inside he's crying. Yeah, he thought he was number one, and he soon realised <laughs> that he's just been played as well. And it's great the fact that you've got a very smart looking, like good looking Arnold Schwarzenegger on the screen again, who's Hauser saying thanks for using my body you did exactly what we wanted to and now it's time to erase your memory being quade's memory to reinstall hauser it is so i mean we've said it before it's just such a brilliant idea the way that schwarzenegger feels he's been on this mission 
and he's got here by his own merits and successes. But in fact, he's been played all along by Hauser yeah. and uh, Ronnie Cox. It's such a clever idea. I, I've not seen anything like this that where they've twisted it. I'm mean, talking back in the 90s when they were pushing like boundaries of doing it this well. Really, really good. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah, and they Absolutely. go to erase the memories. And I do like the fact that he says, we've got a dinner party tonight. Your memory will be erased. And we'll see you at the dinner party. And you can bring uh, Melina because her mind's going to be erased. And she'll end up just being his like bitch and concubine who's put out for him whenever he wants. And you know this is never going to happen. You know he's never going to get his mind wiped. And again, the level of violence when he's in that machine and he breaks oh. free and conveniently they've got like iron spikes coming off the hand. I mean, he just takes it to the max. He fucking kills everyone. And again, he's told about the whole plan by yeah. Ronnie Cox and who conveniently <laughs> leaves rather than sees him play it all out. It's so oh, trophy yeah. and brilliant. I love it. See you later. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. I think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I love it. It was oh, it was a massive Robocop callback though, wasn't it? When he shoved that um, metal spike into his neck. Oh yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Oh god, that was done well as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, I just wanted him to say, "You made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake." Yeah. It would have just been such a good line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> OCP but it is brilliant and you do get the moaning from Schwarzenegger again when he's getting his mind or they start to try and wipe his mind and everyone's dying so it it turns into kind of a race against time and I even like the fact that when Ben is chasing them down into this big mining vehicle with loads of spikes and you knew something was going to happen because the way they showed this they kind of showed it enough to get people's interest I would like to see more than that. And when you do see more than that, they're going for Schwarzenegger. And it's a great death. And as you said earlier, Neil, it's a really good one line where Schwarzenegger puts his massive drill in, which goes through Benny's side and must kind of turn him into like Marmite. It's just brilliant. It's just such a good death. I, I just love the way he's so cocky and thinks that Schwarzenegger's going to die. And he just obviously not going to die and gets out of it. It's great, and it leads me, into the mines. Yeah, that was Go the most it. satisfying death. Because, I mean, I mean like, he's a mutant. He kind of kills his own kind. He kills, obviously, you know, what is this really um, wise, albeit Danny DeVito-esque person, which we don't know too much, <laughs> which we which we don't know too much about. Yeah. You, you, you know, he. I, I'd argue he's, he's just as bad as, obviously, you know, the other two. And for me, I think that was the most satisfying death. I think when I first watched the film, I was like, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I like Benny. Michael Ironside, you feel sorry. Yeah, Michael Ironside, you kind of feel sorry for. And Copenhagen, he's just well, he's almost like some just some 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 eighties yuppie that has too much power, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Copenhagen's exactly the same as he's in RoboCop in a certain way. He's like an executive, mm. isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. He's, he's basically a future version of himself. Absolutely, yeah. they control seed him, didn't they? Don't yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think I Benny's the the best at coming across as being a good guy the most believable as being a bad guy then he turns bad and he when he does mm. turn bad 
you you like him as a baddie because he's really he's just evil, isn't he? He's a really good character, and is as you well, said, yeah. Jay, he's a great death that he gets. It's well well deserved. It is. Yeah, yeah. He's got, I've got four five kids, kids five. to feed. Yeah, five <laughs> kids. You said you had four. five children. <laughs> yeah. My lad, I'm not even married. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's a really really good character. I do like him, and yeah. also when when a uh, Schwarzenegger's um, meets. Um, Hauser is going through that suitcase. He's given this kind of device that mimics um, himself. Uh, it's like a hologram of himself, yeah. and a massive flaw in this. And even when I watched this as a an idiot, kind of how old would I have been? Well, I'm not going to say my age. How old I would have been when I watched this first time? But these hologram. You've got two baddies, sets of baddies on either side. You've got the hologram of Schwarzenegger in the middle. The bullets would just go through the hologram and they kill each other. Yeah. That would have been even better, wouldn't it, if they would have just shot each other? Well, they do later on. Mm. When there's two of them, they shoot each other. But when there's a whole group surrounding them, none of them shoot each other. It's, yeah, it's quite flawed, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah. It's clever, but yeah. I just love the look on Ironside's face where he's fucking absolutely riddling this <clears throat> hologram with bullets and there's no bullet holes, there's no nothing. He's just sort of wriggling around in the crouched position. You'd, after about three or four bullets, you'd be like, guys, come on. Let's, uh, stop shooting his mate Helm. Now. He's over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's still on her. <laughs> He's over there. And I did like it when Schwarzenegger's walking around and he's his physical matter, Schwarzenegger, and the three soldiers walk up and he starts laughing, looking in another direction. This is a you thought I was the real Hauser or the real Quaid. You know, I am. I did like that twist. I, I thought that was just very, very clever, very silly, but oh, very fun. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, it, it works well for me. Yeah. And that's when we have the fight. That's when Ironside tries to escape on the lift. And you just know, I mean, any man against Schwarzenegger, even in real life, Schwarzenegger's fucking ripped. He bench press world records. And it's great death that Ironside gets. I mean, it's nice when you get these baddies. And as you said, Jay, that you do feel sorry for Ironside, who thought he was the main man leading the gang when he was being played all along like a complete idiot. To get both arms pulled off is a a brilliant (laughs) death, isn't it? It is. It is. Absolutely. We don't actually see him die, do we? We just see him fall. So he could be alive in the the sequel. He'd be fucking Um, useless. (laughs) He's got robot arms. He can have, like, claws. Starship Troopers, because he had... Metal oh, arms in he's that. got one arm in that, hasn't he? Yeah. There you go. One arm. Uh, there, you go. there you go. He grew one absolutely. back. And then he got grew a metal one. one. Yeah. He grew back, ran out of money, got a metal one, and Let's then went, went to teach. Yeah. There you go. See? It all goes full Quite circle. Simple. You can imagine him going for an interview with another, like, baddie uh, kind of warlord. And he turns up with just no arms. Like, <laughs> I'm really keen. Yeah. What yeah. could you do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I can look sinister. <laughs> I'll let I'll let him shag my missus. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> let him shag my missus. <laughs> That's really what I did last good. time. <laughs> yeah, everyone had a go. It doesn't matter. And then you get, and it's it's a weird choice at the end. And I always think this when I watch it that the climax of the film is Schwarzenegger goes to this a kind of dome where the aliens have set up um, back in the start of the time, and they, there's a, a three finger handprint on this um, sphere and you put your hand in there then all the oxygen will come up why no one's done that previously why one of the workers when they built all of this wasn't standing around going do you think it works we just try it 
And they just put you their hand in there. As well. You'd know that would happen, wouldn't you? It, it fucking definitely would do. One of them leans against it by accident, and suddenly Oops. all of Mars have got oxygen. But <laughs> you'd think it would be more than this, because it's an alien-shaped print in this, but Schwarzenegger puts his human hand in, and it works. And it's it's just really weird idea, isn't it, of yeah. how to get oxygen onto Mars. It's, it's weird that they say the whole of the core of Mars is basically this stuff that they're mining and selling. And that's why he's there, isn't he? He's mining yeah. this stuff. But, yeah, this one reactor in this mountain is going to melt the entire core of Mars and then it's going to basically give it an atmosphere. It's, yeah. I'm sure there's probably some scientific people out there going, well, that's a load of old bollocks. But for a film plot, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, it, it makes sense, didn't it? Because it was ice. Um, there's oxygen in water because it's H2O. And I thought, yeah. oh, yeah, that sort of pseudo-science Star Trek kind of makes sense, doesn't it, to you at the time? It, it does, but... It, it, it doesn't. I know. So it's not at all. But, yeah, it's, it's still clever, isn't it? But, yeah, because they said, you know, why didn't the aliens turn it on? And you've got to ask that. But maybe they, they yeah. obviously breathed the atmosphere of mars so if they did that they would have wiped themselves out anyway potentially i don't know if we don't know because that's they've been lost yeah. time haven't they so yeah it's one of those but, things but yeah so ronnie cox does explode so again you get the the kind of people being sucked off the platform that they're on <laughs> yeah. and who did you think was going to get sucked off first james uh, ronnie cox definitely because he's a bad guy he, he i tell you what he, he did yeah he got sucked off them to, to the point where his eyes came out. His, it, that does look really painful, doesn't it, as well? I, I think the special effects are really, really good. I think they're really good fun. They're, they're, yes. They're the most extreme effects that you could have had. And they look like the, the, kind of the puppetry is so good. The bulging eyes. And it's interesting that Ronnie Cox, obviously Schwarzenegger puts his hand in, and it takes time for the cores to to melt everything. And then Melina and Schwarzenegger get, uh, they both get sucked off. They do. And, <laughs> but Ronnie Cox, his eyes just uh, just pop out and he dies, obviously. But it takes a lot longer, conveniently, for Schwarzenegger and Melina to go through this process. All while it sounds like Schwarzenegger's having a massive dump. He's just screaming and making all sorts of noises. I think uh, Ronnie had asthma, so his lungs weren't as strong. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd have had his blue inhaler, he would have been all right. That would have been, been great, fine. yeah. He had it <laughs> in his hand, really. Trying to get an inhaler. This is going, oh. Just every so often, he does a couple of puffs and he's all right again. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good. That is great. There's no way, even if when you think it takes the iron rods to melt everything it takes so long and Schwarzenegger's eyes are virtually popping out of his head even if he would have lived he would have had the most droopiest eyelids known to man he would have just been so disfigured yeah clearly our anatomy's significantly changed in this part where our skin and bones stretch <laughs> back to normal after being <laughs> decompressed on a space <laughs> on a fucking other planet but there you go yeah, definitely. It makes perfect sense. Yes. And 
and everyone is saved everyone lives and it, it's really weird it, it's because it just ends without any kind of explanation which i think is the best way of the way the film started of mm. quaid and uh, melina just holding hands looking out over the view of mars being able to breathe oxygen and as you said jane just fades to white which makes you believe or puts the question out there is this all part of it is this him waking up with his mission complete or has he been Hauser turned into Quaid, returned to Hauser again, or whichever way you want to play it? It's, the main uh, thing is I don't know. that Dean Norris mm. survived. And that's that's the main thing. Dean, Dean Norris, Norris played Tony, you know, the guy from oh, yeah. he's, he's loads of stuff, and he Dean Norris. He was Tony, the one with the funny face. He oh, was, was he? he? Turn around to Quaid and he goes, How dare you show your face around? He goes, You're a fine one to talk. Yeah, that was a quality <laughs> line. <laughs> That was a really good line, wasn't yeah. it? That's such a good put down, that is. It was. Uh, it's like, oh, my, yeah, my face does look like a really big vagina. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to swipe away. He's in the Terminator. What? He's in the Terminator, isn't he? He's been, he's been in loads of stuff. He was in yeah. Breaking Bad. Was the he normally plays a cop, thing. doesn't he, Dean he Norris? plays a cop, yeah. Mm. yeah he's, he's he was in... Um, was he Lethal Weapon as well, wasn't he, I think? Uh, Starship, she's in Starship Troopers. And Starship Troopers, he's in loads of stuff. But yeah, when I saw yeah. him, he's in this. And obviously, you don't realise at the time, do you? Because he's got all that stuff all over his mm. face. But looking back now, I'm pleased that he survived. You know, I never knew that that was Dean Norris. Yeah. Never yeah, knew yeah. that. A That's very young, awesome. less uh, rotund Dean Norris. No offence. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. It's, it's so good, yeah. God, when you see him, now, can, now you've mentioned it, now I'm looking at him, yeah, I can see it's Dean Norris, but I yeah. I just never realised that. I just thought it was some actor who'd probably never worked again, but okay. that's freaking awesome. Good call. But yeah, so it just fades away and you're left wondering what it's all about. And I don't know kind of which way I prefer it to end. I'd like to, to think that he was a secret agent yeah. because it makes it all worth it and that his mission means something rather than just a dream, but I suppose if it's his dream, he's going back to Sharon Stone and he's living a really good life, isn't he? So, win-win. So yeah, it's all good. But so, how would you score this, Neil? You go for it, mate. Fly me. Uh, well, I'd give it a five out of five. Uh, it's a, an amazing film, and I recommend that everyone should watch this film, whether you're a sci-fi fan or not, because it's just groundbreaking. The special effects, the story's fantastic. Yes, you can turn around and say Arnie's a bit wooden, but that's just Arnie, and that's what you expect from his films. And that's no disrespect to him. It's just who he is and, and stuff. But I've, I love this film. It's one of the best films ever. It's in my top ten ever films. So, you know, I don't think there's any bad bits, really. Even the special effects, which are groundbreaking for this time at the time, still stand up for me. Even the rubber people. Just, I love it all. So that's how I feel about it. Fair play. James, where are you going, mate? Yeah, exactly. Five out of five. It's probably my, after Terminator to, to and Predator, it's probably my third best Arnie film. Wow. Um, I think that's that's a fair shout, to be fair, mate. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's not, re- I mean, if you're going to be a worse bit, if you're going to be really nitpicky, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's got very wooden acting in it. But I don't, even now, I don't really see that as much 
of a negative. Maybe that's because you, we've just, as we mentioned at the beginning, accepted it. Um, I, I think I think the best bit is it's really really fast paced. Um, you have that nice fight. The end is kind of I don't want to say it's lackluster, but after obviously Michael Ironside's character dies, we um Co Hagen's end is really really good. There's not really much of a fight though, there is there. The main fight is obviously no. once Ironside dies. So I'm not saying it plateaus about that point, but um it's not your typical massive fight at the end and then <laughs> and, and, and then you win. There's a you know it's a bit different um to his credit. Uh yeah, but yeah. I really I, re- I really enjoy it. It's one of those films you can watch every year, isn't it, and not be bored. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Did you definitely. say this is his third best film? Arnie's third I think best this one. is. I think it, for me, it's his third. Yeah, it's the third best film. But what what order did you go in then? Terminator Two, Predator. This one, in terms of how I enjoyed the film, Ter- I did like Terminator, but and Arnie's really really good in that. That's probably number four, if I'm honest. But I do love. Uh, yeah, they're, they're But that's me. Like we're we're putting like cigarette papers in between them. Though. What about yeah. yourself, Neil? <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to say Terminator, the first two were fantastic, but this one and uh, Predators, just Predator, isn't it? I mean, that film's mm. fucking amazing. Um, oh, yeah. That that's up there, you know. This is, I've said it is in my top ten of ever best ever films, and for me, and yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree to be honest. But I'd probably say fourth because I love oh, yeah. Terminator one and two as much but, as each other. So, With those films, though, there's not a wrong answer, is there? If you put any of those no, films no, no, in your no. favourite Arnie ones, there's no wrong answer, is there? No, it's tricky, isn't it? Because mm. are they are they just good films? Like Predator, the first Predator, wow! Like broke boundaries, so original. It, it was the special effects still stand up to this day, and this film is brilliant. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger gives more of a performance in this than he does um, in Predator. And I think in probably the first, in the first Terminator, where he doesn't say a lot, but the second Terminator, he 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 has to act more without dialogue and he does that well. So yeah. uh, it's so tricky to, to kind of say, I find it tricky to say what's his best films without saying, like, I love Predator, I love, Carl Weathers in Predator is brilliant. He's such yeah. a good actor. He's got so much character. He's like Apollo Creed in the jungle. It's amazing. Yeah. Is that that's just a brilliant film? Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is it good because he's in it? I don't know. It's it's so tricky, but it's difficult though, isn't it? Because you've got, like you said, he speaks in these. I suppose out of the dialogue-heavy films, this is the best one he's done because of the story and and obviously Predator. Mm. because of the story you know you can forgive his acting in the sense of he is he's cast because he's just a massive man mountain and he has such mm. presence on screen it, the reason the terminator films are so good you could take arnie away from that and replace him with someone else which is what the original story was wasn't it it was going to mm. be the other guy yeah they would still be absolutely fantastic films yeah it's really you know, it's, it's, it's weird it's, isn't it's it tricky isn't it it's tricky I think it just it's your preference. I mean, if you look at his other speaking films, if you like, I know that sounds quite harsh, but Raw Deal, awful. Commando, really not very good. Yeah, Red Co- Heat. Yeah. Red Heat, even worse. You know, and he was good in Conan, but he hardly says anything in that either, does he? No. 
he's only because he's just fucking massive and can punch out a camel. Yeah. You enjoy it. <laughs> really, I wish I had that on my CV. I honestly but you do. You know what? Yeah, I've been trying for years. I still can't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it won't let me in the zoo anymore. <laughs> For all those listening, I love camels, uh, especially their toes, and I would never punch one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's got to the point where it's very predictable, isn't it? You, you can finish each other's sentences. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I love, love a pig's I love, I love finishing each other off. I have to be honest. Oh, if James could go to Total Recall, his fantasy would be us three. So. Absolutely. <laughs> he doesn't Absolutely. need it. He doesn't need it. No. I'll drive to yours, mate. Don't you worry. Mate, I'm game. Absolutely. I'm done. You're on the game. Okay, well. No, no, I'm game for that. Don't charge too much. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Neil. You have mates rates. You're free. Oh, excellent. Anyway, back to the film. I agree with both of what you say. I, I echo both your opinions. I think it's a really smart, clever film. And I think possibly if anyone else apart from Paul Verhoeven would have done this, I think it probably would have got more credit. And people don't possibly don't want to talk about it due to showgirls, due to basic instinct got slagging off, even though I think that's a, a very clever story as well. And I like the story. I know, obviously, it's famous for more moments than that, like showgirls, but it's clever. And Starship Troopers, people see that and say it's just a cheap B-movie, but it's a brilliant, clever, fun film. So I don't think he gets credit. I think there's snobbery around it, which is a shame, but... Hmm. I'll give it, um, I'll probably give it a five because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's best performance for me. I think he's really good in this. I think it's a really tight cast and a really smart story. And I love Ronnie Cox as well. I think he's he's great in this. He's great in Robocop. He's great, even a, a bit part in Beverly Hill Cop. I just think he's a, a really, really great actor. I like his presence in the film. But next week, we're going to go, I think, is, is it 2012 die, um, die Hard? I wish it was. It's um, Total Recall. We're going to compare it. We're going to watch the film. And I didn't realise until I did a bit of research that Len Wiseman, again, Len Wiseman has been on the podcast before um, because he brought us um, the unbelievable film, which scored really well, which is Live Free and Die Hard. He was the director for that. He was responsible for it. So. Yeah, that gives you a bit of a clue. Because when I saw his name, I thought, I know Len Weinsman. I've heard that name before. Yeah, and he's um, the Die Hard, the fifth Die Hard film, uh, which is available now, which is a really fun, good podcast to listen to. So Colin Farrell, off the bat, I don't like Colin Farrell. I have problems watching films of Colin Farrell in. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a really good actor. I don't think he's been used well. Um He's done a few good films. I quite like Phone Booth. I think that's quite a good film. But it's just I'm not expecting much. I'm hoping I'm proved wrong. Um, I've only watched 40 minutes of the second one. So it's yeah. it's going to be a, a real chore. You've seen it, James, by the sounds of it, haven't you? I have, yeah. Once. Once. <laughs> well, all I can say is congratulations that you've seen all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was probably what I think the last time I saw it was probably like on my iPad coming home, like coming off like a late, a late, like, you know, finishing at one o'clock and watching it because there was nothing else to watch, I imagine, before bedtime. Busy night on the game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Excellent. Yeah. So we will be back next week with 
Um, the next die, uh, the next guy, you keep going to Fucking die hell, hard. man. You just want to watch, we've done them. I just, Leave I know. Them I just, alone, for fuck's I'm sake, hoping man. if I say it enough, we can watch Die Hard again rather no. than have to watch this. No, I need a break from Die Hard. I need, you need a break from Die Hard. I do. Because you'll be wishing for Die Hard, no doubt, next week, honestly. Yeah, but well, yeah. yeah, you might, yeah, you might be right yeah, about that one. But true. we'll be back next week with. Total Recall, and it's going to be really, really interesting. Are we going to have your company next week, Jay? Are you going to be around? Yeah, mate? that's the plan. I'm, I'm on an early. I'm on an early. Unless something horrible, horrible goes wrong, we am due to finish at five next Fantastic. week. So, fingers crossed. I mean, my, my, my main concern about Total, the next Total Recall is I think all three of us will be going down to Recall to have our memories changed and we've never watched it. But I guess we'll see. What predicted... Obviously, I haven't seen it, but what predicted scores are you? do you think that you're going to give it? It's gonna be no, it's gonna be no better than a three, but probably a two for me. What about yourself, Neil? I'm I'm expecting a zero, to be honest. <laughs> so any more than that, and it will be a treat. I'm expecting well, a one. I'm, a, <laughs> I am. I'm expecting a really, a, a quite an aggressive podcast next week <laughs> when we speak about it. I think it's gonna be a shoot 'em up podcast because I think it's gonna be quite aggressive. But the good thing is this was Neil's suggestion. So yeah, I've said, know. I will take it on the chin. I've been an absolute dick by suggesting it. <laughs> no, no it, but, but it makes it interesting, doesn't it? Because we all love this one. And it's going to be really interesting because I've not seen this one since I think 2014. Um, it's a couple of years after it came out. It'd be really interesting because we've just done this. How it, how it compares, how they've done differently, how the characters are different. Is any part of the film better than the Arnie film? Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, all these questions are going to be answered, hopefully. I think it's going to be quite interesting. There you go. Exactly. Brian Cranston in it as well, and he's a good actor. I like Brian Cranston. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, they've got got the talent there. There are some good actors in there, isn't there? Yeah, John Cho's in it. He's a good actor as well. James McGowan. They're actually going through the cast. Do you know, I think I I might even end up giving this a seven. Yeah, it's going to be (laughs) a break. Yeah. It has potential, doesn't it? It has potential. It it does. Colin, phone booth, Colin aside, it's got some potential. Exactly, exactly. Well, join us next week and find out if we're happy or if we're all miserable and swearing loads. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, stay safe. Thanks for listening. You take care. And face it, why go to Mars as a tourist when you can go as a playboy or a famous jock or a secret agent? Have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet? Two weeks. Excuse me? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Now this is the plan. Get your ass to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. Would you, sweetheart? After all, we're married. See that the divorce. <laughs>